0: How is it going, everyone? I hope really well, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I'm your host, Matt Sherman, and today we are talking to Jack Forbes, who is the CEO and co-founder of Pad Piper. Pad Piper makes it super simple to move to a new city, find people that are like-minded, find a place to live, and find things to do. I'm really excited to bring you this episode. We talk all about travel and really building the OS for for the future digital nomad, for the future traveler. So I'm stoked to bring this to you. And with that, I'll stop yapping and we'll get into it. Run it! Jack, how is your day going?
1: Well, hello there. My day is splendid. We just made our first offer that was accepted two days ago. Actually, no, yesterday, um, and are looking to make two more offers in a few days. So, a lot of excitement going on.
0: That is very exciting. Congratulations on your your first couple, or your first offer, and, and hopefully some more. You know, so to give the audience some context, what are these? what company is, are the offers for? You know, Tell everyone a little bit about Pad Piper and what you're working on.
1: Absolutely. So it's the future of the internet. Um, just kidding. That's what we're named after, which is Pied Piper. Uh, <laughs> to clear up any question there right off the bat, Hondo P named after the show Silicon Valley, which I personally absolutely love. Thomas Middleditch, if you're listening, love to meet you. Um, yeah, so... The story behind Pad Piper uh, started as a problem we faced ourselves. So between the three of us co-founders, we have moved 49 times in seven years, and that was 35 times just within five years, uh, mostly for internships since we were part of curriculums that had internships built into the academic career. So uh, two of us co-founders are from the University of Waterloo, uh, Zach and myself, that's uh, basically the nerd capital of Canada, where um, you have six internships if you're enrolled in engineering before you graduate. So that's two years of experience you get before you graduate. And my third co-founder, Courtney, uh, is born and raised in Pennsylvania, went to Drexel University, where she also was a part of cooperative education. And uh, yeah, all those internships and then eventually full-time results in a lot of moving And so uh, this actually started as my kind of final year engineering project at the University of Waterloo. So we call it a capstone project there or FYDP. Some of you might consider it more of like a thesis project. And yeah, basically the final year of engineering, um, I developed this with the team and, uh, you know, took a job full time after school, but, you know, really did this uh, as my passion on the side. And after about two years of part-time work on it, we have now been full-time a year. I just graduated Y Combinator this last winter, uh, raised our seed round, and are hiring our first employees now. And um, in terms of how the team formed, I met Zach at the University of Waterloo, so he joined uh, right after I presented it as the engineering project. And Courtney joined uh, soon after, at the same uh, full-time company we both started at after graduating in San Francisco, which uh, was a design consultancy, and uh, yeah, we met there, and um, you know, formed the dream team of co-founders we have
0: now. That's fantastic. It is really important to have a good team of co-founders, you know, a great team of co-founders, because uh, that's that's the end of the day. That's what's those are the people that you that you work the most with on. On your company so alright so you have uh, the, these your team of co-founders It's a lot of traveling and you start working on pad Piper you know uh, uh, like for your senior year uh, thesis and obviously you know things have gone has accelerated since then you know you got into Y Combinator which is really exciting um, give me a, a little bit of an idea of you know if I was if I wanted to be a user of, of pad Piper and if someone in the audience wanted to use pad Piper um, walk through what would happen if I, you know, wanted to travel to San Francisco, or I wanted to travel to another city where where Pat Piper exists. Like, uh, what would happen? How would I use your product?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Something I definitely should have touched on initially. So, what are we? We are a housing and housemate marketplace in one. So you find both the place to live and the people to live with without having to, you know, go to Craigslist and then post it on a Facebook group and try and form some people and then, you know, book it just kind of through email. Uh, We've brought that whole experience into one. And, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer in start with why, you know, why are we doing this? So fundamentally, we are driven by this belief that home is a combination of the place you live, the people you live with and the experiences you have. And I know that can sound kind of corny, but hear me out. Um, you know, we're already helping people find the place to live and the people to live with, right? A housing and housemate marketplace in one, um, this kind of third leg of the stool is personally what I'm uh, particularly passionate about. I think there's a huge opportunity here to help people get out of the house and meet others when you do move somewhere new and, I think it goes without saying that we are living in a mobility age that is becoming even more a mobility age as uh, more and more people have the flexibility of working from wherever they want in the world. And, you know, we're able to stay connected with our friends and family uh, back home through amazing technology these days. Uh, So that really enables everyone to kind of live wherever they want, try out different cities. And uh, I think we're seeing a big problem, though, where, you know, you, you do move to that new place and it can be really hard to make new friends and, and force yourself to get out of the house. You know, we're all quite addicted to our devices uh, as they are built to be. Literally every piece of software on there is just trying to get you glued, whether that's, you know, Netflix, YouTube, Facebook, whatever it may be. So I think there's a huge opportunity here to yeah use technology to get people off technology. Uh, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a revenue play. Um, we can just, um, uh, you know, make an itinerary of awesome things to do in um, Seattle when you move there. Pair you with a fellow padpiper renter that just moved there. Uh, you know, set the date and time, and give you no excuse not to get out of the house. You know, here's a list of things you're going to do this Saturday with this other person. So there's really no barrier to entry, and that's kind of the future and vision we're heading toward. And so, in terms of how the marketplace works right now, as a renter. Uh, looking for anywhere from, you know, one to kind of 16 month furnished place to stay, uh, you go on the site, find a space you're interested in. Uh, if you need housemates, because, you know, it's maybe a three bedroom and you don't know anyone else moving there for the same time as you, uh, you can just click find housemates and go through this flow we've built of uh, seeing details about potential housemates and, and groups forming after you fill out your own housemate profile. Um, in a sense, almost like housemate dating. Uh, you know, it's it's fair to maybe make that analogy. And uh, you can then request to join that group. Uh, they have to unanimously vote you in. Uh, once your group is big enough to book the space, you can uh, claim the bed so that, you know, you're not deciding on who's in what room once you actually move in. Uh, claim the bed, split the rental deposit all through Pad Piper, and then even split the monthly rent through Pad Piper as well. So, you know, we're really trying to build this end-to-end experience of uh, renting that fundamentally is, you know, a, a happier process than what exists now. I think a lot of places to uh, rent, a lot of sites you can use feel very transactional. And, um, you know, kind of bringing this sense of community to it is really what, what drives us.
0: That is an extremely unique approach to, unique, but after you say it, it feels like it should be obvious, but it's not because you're, you're, you're working on it, and I feel like not many companies are. Like, What a cool idea for a company. So if, let's say, I wanted to, let's say, I, I'm sick of Phoenix, Arizona, and I want to move to San Francisco. I can find, you know I, I can get a roommate match with me based on characteristics I'm looking for in a an apartment that that I that I browse on Pad Piper and I'm also able to have things to do on the weekend with the person I recently moved in with. Like it's almost like a hack to enjoy. It's it's like it makes moving to a new city almost fun, like very fun. That's awesome.
1: Oh my God, exactly. Right. That's and something else that we're fundamentally passionate about is enabling people to uh, try new opportunities. And a lot of people don't even consider, you know, non-local work opportunities because they just think, you know, how would I find a place to live, people to live with? Like it seems so daunting and uh, you know, that that could fundamentally change your career in life uh, by taking that leap to leave your hometown and and try uh, an opportunity elsewhere. And if we can, you know, lower that barrier to entry, make it less daunting to move to that place, find those people to live with, know that, uh, you know, this is a trusted host that isn't gonna just steal your money. Um that, that that's what it's all about.
0: So if you don't mind me asking, who are the who are some of the personas that use Pad Piper? Is it do you do you have nomads? Do you have people that move once and they never use it again? I'd love to hear about some of the users who, who like some of your powered users.
1: Yeah. So the demographics are growing. It initially was targeted specifically at interns. So, you know, that was the scenario I described in the beginning that we were solving for, you know, our own problem we face as interns. Uh, so, that is still our largest demographic, uh, but we've already seen quite a few others uh, use Pad Piper now that we opened it up to support anyone. Uh, those include you know travel n- nurses uh, med students on rotation um uh, founders since we went through uh yc we've become uh yc's housing partner and uh founders coming here for their 3 4 month program are in the exact same boat you know that that we were in as interns so uh, founders digital nomads like you alluded to uh, that's becoming a bigger and bigger thing right there are more and more of these Um, kind of remote uh, work companies where you can spend, you know, four months roughly at a time working in a city. Uh, So we've seen some of them using pad paper um, freelancers that now have the flexibility of working wherever as well, kind of also falling into that digital nomad realm. Um, And one that we're hoping to tackle soon is even off campus student housing as well.
0: There's so much opportunity to, uh, to help people that move around, you know, feel more at home where they move. So I think that's fantastic. I'm kind of interested, what category, like what what industry or or movements would you say that Pad Piper is a part of it? And I'll, and I'll clarify by, you know, some people are obviously in employee happiness or some people are in, you know, I don't know, sales automation tools. But I feel like Pad Piper kind of fits in it fits in, into a couple. Uh, And like, so how do you, what market do you, do you see Pad Piper in now? And do you see that market, it's like changing or expanding as Pad Piper grows and and gets more market share?
1: It's a question I've asked myself quite a bit. Uh, It it really is hard to say. And, you know, depending on where you're entering that info on a site, you know, when an industry does your company fall under? They have quite different options, right? So some that uh, we could fall under are real estate technology, um, uh, even, you know, prop tech, which is kind of a term uh, that's becoming more popular for pretty much the same thing nowadays. Um, Hospitality, you could say, uh, it's definitely fair to say that, you know, the housing side of things is the primary focus and really the revenue maker. So, It's fair to say that's what we fall under, but uh, as you can tell, you know, we're fundamentally way more passionate about the community and human aspect. so, you know, what that would fall under, I honestly can't say.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 100%. It's just kind of, maybe it's no industry, maybe it's just the future, you know, you're just building the future, just like, (laughs) which is, which everyone is on, on this podcast, so very cool. So, I'm kind of interested what are some... What, what, from when you started Pad Piper, you know, as, as, a, as a project for school or as your thesis to now having, you know, you're hiring people, you went through y Combinator, you raised a seed round. What are some of the things that you have learned uh, about either your market or yourself or Pad Piper as a product since you started? And uh, how has that changed how you impact? How does, that, how does that change how you build your product, Pad Piper?
1: Oh, where to begin with the learnings Um, at one that stuck with me from YC that uh, Gustav Alströmer actually said he was used to be the head of growth at Airbnb. And has been a partner there for a while now. Uh, He said the classic statement of build it. And they will come could not be more false. The reality is build it and they will not come. You know, you can have an awesome product that is you know in your opinion and maybe even objectively light years better than uh the other options out there but if you don't have a good go to market strategy if you don't focus on the kind of sales side so to speak you know that's you're never going to succeed right no one's going to even know about what it is you're building um you're not going to accomplish your mission of actually helping people in uh you know, having them use this if if you don't have a way to spread the word. And, you know, there are some products where you, you can build it and and maybe people will organically come because it's just uh, maybe so revolutionary and, and uh, can spread entirely through word of mouth. Um, but in our case, we've seen really good word of mouth from the renter perspective, which is great. Uh, we have done pretty much no marketing for the demand for renters. Uh, But, you know, more and more people have come to use Padpiper, but from a supply standpoint, uh, the hosts actually don't want to tell each other about us because even the hosts we are the closest with that, you know, we've had over for dinner to our houses over the last few years, we've been live. uh, They still don't want to tell other people about us because fundamentally it's competition for them, right? And if one room goes vacant for just one month, they can lose their profit on their entire space for the whole year. So it's really important they keep their space filled all year. And yeah, you know, if telling someone else about Pad Piper and getting them on the site uh, by any means, you know, puts that at risk of of having a vacant bed, they they just don't want to do it. So that's been a huge learning is, uh, you know, product is is almost everything but sales is just as big and then actually growing it and i think that's especially difficult for uh engineers myself one of them to uh come to terms with i think engineers fundamentally just think oh i can code my way around this you know i'll i'll code our way to growth and um kind of growth hacking but you know, it fundamentally just doesn't work in a majority of cases. You, you really do need someone to, in our case, get on the phone with property managers and say, Hey, like, this is what I've built. This is how it'll help you. Uh, What do you say? Uh, So, okay. That's a, that's a big one. Um, And I guess, you know, in terms of how that's changed our trajectory, um, it's, it might be obvious, but you know, we've definitely shifted our focus toward, growth and sales that's our very first hire is is sales uh getting on the phone with property managers and you know we're now starting to uh focus on marketing as well so you know we've been really just product 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 for the last three years even Uh, but now finally uh, shifting toward uh, the growth stage so that that's the biggest learning that, that comes to mind
0: that's fantastic, and I couldn't agree more about build it. And they want to come. You have to make them come. You have to will people into your product until until your product market fit. So I agree. So let's go a little little outside the bounds of pad Piper and the industry you're working in. You know, you as mentioned, you went just went through IC. You're an early stage founder, which means you you. you probably know of a a fair amount of industries, you know, the different products in different industries. So I'm kind of interested, are there any industries outside of maybe the the travel tech or the industry that you're in that interest you, even if you aren't actively working on it yourself? Like what out there is intriguing to you?
1: Oh my gosh, yes. Um, A big one that might be obvious with our educational background is learning by doing. I am incredibly passionate about, honestly, accelerating the advent of cooperative education that is kind of an underlying mission of mine. And I think we are helping with that to an extent, right? Where uh, we're hopefully lowering that barrier to entry for people seeking new opportunities and you know, internships during school. But this concept of work integrated learning I absolutely love and could go on for hours about uh, how great it is and, and why. Um, it's becoming a, a trend for sure that more higher education institutions are adopting, definitely at a relatively slow rate, right Universities are kind of like tanker ships, and steering them in any direction is is difficult you know as it can be with any large company. Um, so, you know, Canada, I think, is doing a pretty good job on adopting work-integrated learning. Uh, most major universities now in Canada have some form of cooperative education. Europe is also doing a really good job on that. The U.S. is, is uh, a little behind on that front, but I'm excited to see more schools adopt it. You know, Northeastern, I think, is uh, the best example of a school doing cooperative education really well in the U.S. Drexel is another good one. Uh, But, yeah, I'd love to see more schools just making it a requirement to have these, you know, internships essentially woven into the academic program because, you know, you're getting actual work experience uh, during your schooling, paying off your loans so you don't have student debt when you leave. Uh, You're actually working toward uh, some sometimes unrealistic job requirements, right? You go to uh, an engineering, let's say, a junior dev position that requires two plus years of experience. And you're just saying like, well, how is that a junior dev? Where am I supposed to get the two years of experience if this is supposed to be the entry level job, but you know, in, in, with cooperative education, you actually can get that two years. Uh, so that is a, a huge one. I'm, I'm really passionate about. Uh, honestly, I'm I'm really patriotic toward the university of Waterloo, especially since they are the leader in that right now. They're the, largest cooperative education school and program in the world with um, uh, about twenty thousand co-op students every year uh, you know doing internships and pulling in hundreds of millions of dollars a year uh, so these are you know paid internships too um, the other big one i'm I'm passionate about that has been more of late uh, really being a founder has helped uh, kind of stoke these fires is Happiness, right? It's a huge one these days, and a very broad category. But I've I've finally realized, you know, there it's a huge issue, right? I mean, I think we're seeing even just a lot of the mental health issues out there nowadays, uh, and the stress that comes with being a founder, uh, you know, making sure to to take care of yourself and and taking some steps toward, uh, you know, being happier, feeling more fulfilled are huge. Uh, there's this Ted talk and uh, actually even company um, called the happiness advantage that I really like. And I'm actually honestly working on an app right now, just on the side called the, the happiness app um, to uh, try and help with this and implement some basic steps you can take each day to, you know, live a happier life. Um, because there's a few things from the Happiness Advantage she says that uh are pretty easy, can take, you know, five to ten minutes a day, but can drastically change your uh mindset on on each and every day you're living, right? It can make you realize, oh, there actually were a lot of kind of achievements and successes and um things I should be grateful for. Uh and just a simple exercise like that can can change all that. Obviously, you know, exercise, meditation, um, journaling are, are fundamentals. Uh, that go along with that, but uh, yeah, that's my kind of other underlying passion.
0: I love that question because the answers that I get are so freaking good. That is, I what a great, what a great response. I I, I fully agree with both of those. I'm inter- intrigued in both. I, I don't think anyone has said they're inter- interested in just happiness on the podcast, and I think that that is one of the most pressing. Uh, you know, I wouldn't call it an issue, but a pressing thing that we should be spending time thinking about and how to optimize for happiness, not just for ourselves, but for others as well, because, you know, it is is—it is, it is hard sometimes. So I appreciate that answer.
1: So yeah, yeah. I, I did. So I wanted to touch on it a little more too, because sure. one other kind of mindset I've changed along those lines is I used to see success and maybe even measure it by you know, maybe impact you've had on the world, uh, how large of a company you run. Essentially, Elon Musk is who I looked up to. And I still do look up to him, but I've definitely drastically shifted my mindset on that front and realized he's doing great things for the world. He's going to be remembered for, you know, centuries to come, I would think. But he's fundamentally not happy, right? Like you you look at him, he's divorced however many times, I think we can objectively say he's not a very happy person. And uh, I've decided to change my measurement of success to happiness, right? So I, I now have, it's taken a while, but I've realized someone, you know, just living in a cabin in Oregon, um, maybe without a paying job, can be. 10 times more successful and is 10 times more successful than someone running a huge tech company in Silicon Valley if they are happier, right? And, uh, you know, while you can find happiness from running a company and having a large impact, uh, I, I don't think that they correlate as closely as a lot of younger people would think, right? It's also obviously the media will put those faces up and and so you start to just think oh yeah like this is what i'm reading about all these you know celebrities and whatnot that must be what success is but yeah honestly just changing my mindset to success is measured by happiness has uh changed everything for me
0: now again i I couldn't agree more uh I, i Yeah. It's just period. What it's, I feel like if you got in a room with Gary V who I know everyone has opinions on him, but I personally love the guy. He would just give you a big old hug. Cause he's all about this. Like, you don't necessarily have to be like, just be happy, you know, and whatever makes you happy means you, you did it. Like you, you made it. And I think there's a lot of people that are, that think something will make them happy when in reality it's something else. Uh, and maybe they see, you know, someone that wants to be a founder sees all these founders doing it, and they think they're living great lives. So they become a founder, they, they do it. And then they realize like the that, that's actually not what they what makes them happy. It's just it's a it's a step away from that when in reality, maybe living in a log cabin, you know, in Montana, with a dog and a laptop might do the job. So I I, I appreciate it. I appreciate that answer.
1: Well, I'd love to meet Gary.
0: Yeah, oh my gosh. I actually I, I was in the same room as his, as him once. I got to ask him a question at, at an event in Phoenix and just as 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 all, as always, he just uh incredible answer. Anyway, besides the point. Uh so that's really interesting. So happiness this this kind of form of education uh that helps assimilate students into the workforce more. I love both of those. Uh so are there any now, kind of the same question on the same lines, and then we'll I have a couple more questions and we'll about wrap this up. Uh, are there any companies, whether they're in the in the industry as you just mentioned, or completely different industries, that you think are doing a very, very good job that most people don't know about them yet, but you think they might be in a position to like build something big. Build the future. Uh, like, I guess if you were an investor and you you, you had you know a million bucks or a hundred k or whatever to put into a company, what's a company you would put it you would put that money into or a couple companies if you have a couple? I'm interested to hear what you uh, yeah what you would do.
1: Oh, well, that's a fun one. Um, it's hard to say if this one would count as you know like an early stage. You know, they haven't really been spotted, sort of thing. Uh, But I would say Clerky is a company I really love. Um, And they're not, you know, having some profound global impact, just making everyone's life better per se, right? Like it's hard to have that kind of company, but they are making so many people's lives uh, so much better uh, with the tools they they make, which are uh, kind of legal technology around everything legal. So as a founder We can use Clerky to incorporate, sign our founder's agreement, uh, send safes to investors, just everything around that whole realm that, you know, no one really likes like everyone finds legal, just so daunting and expensive, you know, having to just hire a lawyer to do everything for you. It just eats all your money. Um, They are just phenomenal. They, you know, are, are obviously a great product, but more importantly, they're in it for the right reasons. And I've been lucky enough to meet one of the founders and you know, they, their emphasis on customer success and customer support is, is just phenomenal, right? They, I have honestly had over a hundred emails with some of their customer support and success. Cause you know, I'll be going through Clerky, and I'm really not sure what to put in this field at this point. Cause it's all legal speak, which I'm not versed in. And, Uh, I'll, you know, ask them and they'll promptly reply with an amazing response that, you know, clearly took a lot of time. And frankly, they, I honestly think they've probably lost money on us with the amount of time they've put into answering my questions based on how much I've, you know, paid them for their services. But I think it's a great example of, you know, focusing on the user and providing a great experience pays off because now look, I, here I am right now, you know, giving them a shout out and hopefully getting them some more, um, clients and, you know, I gain nothing by doing that, but they genuinely are just a phenomenal company that I really look up to. You know, they also haven't followed the classic Silicon Valley path of raise money higher, raise money higher, you know, try and make as much as possible out of all your users. Uh, their, you know, kind of KPIs or core performance indicators clearly are more around, uh, kind of positive impact and, and, benefiting their users and not around making as much money off of each of them. So I think they already have found great success in doing so and didn't even have to, you know, follow that classic Silicon Valley, um, uh, raise higher, raise higher kind of process. So that's, that's one. Oh man. Other ones. Um, they're, I guess bigger and, Really well known at this point, but just companies I really do like are uh, Bombas, the socks. They you know are a B corporation. Seem to be in it for all the right reasons. You know, donate a pair uh, to the homeless for every pair you buy, Um, and just a great product. You know, they clearly again are all about providing a great experience. And it might sound kind of silly with just a sock, but I've seriously replaced all of my socks with theirs by now. Um, And Allbirds I really like as well. (laughs) like many in San Francisco. Uh, But, you know, they again changed the game with what they did. They spent a lot of time researching and developing this whole new concept for a shoe that is way more environmentally friendly and again, are in it for the right reasons, focused on a great uh, customer experience and, um, you know, (laughs) wish I had known about them a while back to invest. But uh, yeah, those are maybe three companies, I'd say.
0: All right, so those are some uh, three awesome companies, and also all three of them, I would say. Sometimes people give me answers of companies that are really big, like every like everyone knows. I would say all three of those are still pr- kind of a secret to the world. Uh, maybe not to Silicon Valley, but those are yeah awesome answers. So, I, I have two more questions for you. The, my my second to last question is going back to Pad Piper. You know, if if it all works out, if you if you grow and you become what you you see your vision through uh, through, what uh what does the world look like, you know, in twenty years or so? And what is Pat and how it has Pad Piper you know affected that change? Like I guess dream big for a second. And if it all works out, what does the world look like in, in a couple of decades?
1: Oh I love it. Our ideal future is a world in which you can live anywhere you want easily find the most suitable space to live for you on pad Piper find the most compatible housemates to live with uh, based on your interests. And again, you know, form that group yourself. It doesn't have to be us telling you, you know, here's what you should do. Um, And then easily just booking it, paying your rent through the site, like a great end-to-end experience, you know, that you can even have your universal rental application through Pad Piper that you never have to redo, right? You don't have to fill out all these forms every time you're going to move somewhere. Um, And not just for these, you know, four, six, eight-month stays, even getting into longer-term unfurnished stays. Anywhere you want to move, you can do so through Pad Piper with this kind of universal rental application. And then from there, once you do move there, meet others, form lasting relationships and explore your city and, and what's great to do in that city, uh, without having to, you know, have the motivation of going on, you know, a meetup.com or something like that, which can be easier said than done. Right. It's, it does take that will to to move somewhere and then say, okay, you know what, I'm going to, uh, try out these apps and sites to you know get out there and explore uh my community um i think we have a huge opportunity here to just completely lower that barrier to entry and and uh yeah help you get out of the house meet people live a happier life with uh, little to no uh, motivation or extra effort needed
0: that is a future that i look forward to and speaking of the future you know you're you're pretty much you just outlined what'll happen you know once Pad piper gets gets there and you're you're pretty much building the future right now like you have this product you're hiring you you've raised money you are in the process of, of building that future you just painted and there's some people listening to the podcast that you know, maybe they want to start a company, but they don't necessarily know what the first step is or they want to start a nonprofit and, and go the so- and social route and they don't know the first step. And But they all want to impact the future in some way, in a positive way. So what advice would you have for someone listening who is at square one, they want to get started, but they don't know how? What would you tell them?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Okay. I would say don't let the idea of failure hold you back in terms of the actual steps you can take that that is tough to say that can be subjective you know based on your situation whether it is a non or a for-profit company tech bio whatever i think that is some advice that we take for granted in north america especially i think failure is even looked up to especially in silicon valley you know it, it's almost a notch on the belt, something you have to do before you can succeed. but there are many, many countries in the world where failure is looked down upon, and I think for those listeners especially, it's important to know not to let that get you. you know don't let the negative stigma around failure uh, prevent you from giving it a shot because uh, you know it, there's going to be countless people that will tell you, no that's a bad idea like stick with your paying job or whatever it is you're doing, but, uh, you know, don't listen to them. Just go for it.
0: You heard it here first on forward thinking founders, (laughs) Jack, thank you so much for spending some time chatting about pad Piper and the future with me. I really appreciate it. You know, thank you. Thank you, Matt. And for everyone listening, thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of forward thinking founders. I will see you all next week. Hope you all have a good day, morning, afternoon, wherever you are. See ya.